0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, February 17, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. Naomi Klein has lambasted what she calls the shock doctrine, the stockpiling of free market ideas waiting for a crisis, real or imagined, that could be used as a springboard for implementing those ideas. But what about the ideas pushed by the Obama administration amid recession and financial crisis? They're not free market, they're quite the opposite. David Bowes, executive vice president of the Cato Institute, comments on Obama's shock doctrine.
1: There's been a feeling ever since Reagan that optimism sells in presidential elections, and I think we could say in this election, Obama did appeal to people's hopes, whereas John McCain kind of yelled about people's fears, and that uh, didn't play as well. But it may be that hope helps you get elected, but fear helps you get your program through. Now that we've got Obama... Can we just relax? No, no, we've got this catastrophe. We've got a crisis that could become a disaster. If my program doesn't get through, then it will be the worst economy in the history of mankind. And so, yeah, it it is a matter of scaring people into needing to do something, and that is a a tactic with a long history.
0: You compare Obama's rhetoric here and uh, the situation to what Naomi Klein calls the shock doctrine, but for her it was... uh, essentially right-wing ideologues who stored up their ideas uh, waiting for a crisis with which to impose free market uh, capitalism.
1: Well, right. She said, I mean, she had a bizarre view of right-wing. She described in her book everybody from Milton Friedman to free market economist to Margaret Thatcher to the Chilean dictator Pinochet to the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, those were all, in her definition, right-wing governments that... Uh, that waited for a crisis to ram through their right-wing program. But we know from history that while there are a few examples of free market or somehow right-wing programs uh, coming about after a crisis, usually what happens in a crisis is government sees more money and power. And you can see that in the New Deal. The Great Depression led to the New Deal. Um, You can see it after Kennedy's assassination led to Lyndon Johnson and his hundred days of legislation. Um, You can see it in practically every communist government that ever came to power was in the uh, devastation of war. So... Obama comes to power. We're in the middle of a financial crisis. And really, we should go back before Obama. We had a financial crisis. And what happened? Did the incumbent Republican administration say, aha, now's our chance to implement Milton Friedman's program and privatize and deregulate? No. They did what governments always do. They expanded their own powers at the expense of civil society. And so in that sense, Obama's just doing the same thing that Bush did. We could call this the Bush-Obama era.
0: At least they're doing it openly.
1: Well, they, they really are doing it openly. And even Naomi Klein didn't say that these right-wing governments went around saying, now that we have a crisis, let's make good use of it. But Rahm Emanuel, in the, in the period between the election and the inauguration, said on television, you never want a serious crisis to go to waste. This crisis provides the opportunity for us to do things that you could not do before. Now, imagine if a Republican government said, you never want a serious crisis to go to waste. Naomi Klein would be all over television. She'd have a new YouTube video pointing to that. But they have said this, and it's not just Rahm Emanuel. Um, Paul Krugman said, the crisis is an opportunity to change the shape of American society for generations to come. Arianna Huffington, I thought this was amusing, two years ago she reviewed Naomi Klein's book and she called it prophetic. Two years later... She goes on the radio and she says, this crisis is a great opportunity to do all the stuff we've been wanting to do. So she was right. It was prophetic. Um, it prophesied exactly what Arianna and Ron Emanuel would do. So you've got lots of governments that operate by the shock doctrine. When there is a depression, a war, an assassination, some other shock, they move to, to impose their program on the country. They don't usually announce that's what we're doing. Because there's a serious crisis, we don't want this crisis to go to waste. That's pretty striking.
0: On the, the flip side, you talked about the examples of where this uh, has occurred uh, in terms of not imposing free markets, but governments essentially stepping down in a sense. Those have been after long periods of government failure.
1: Ronald Reagan, for instance. We had sort of 20 years of a deteriorating American economy, and one of the big things that happened was inflation. Inflation was costing people money. It was also driving them into higher tax brackets. So that was one time when a president could come along and say, I have a solution to inflation and higher taxes, and people would buy that as the answer. Although partly Reagan was lucky in the sense that a lot of the bad policies had been implemented by the Republican presidents, Nixon and Ford. It's just that when the music stopped, Jimmy Carter was president, and he's the one who lost his seat. And Reagan became president. If you'd had a Republican president, as inflation soared into double digits, um, then you probably would have gotten a Democratic president. So in that sense, the country was just lucky to get that. Uh, Same thing in England, a long period of deterioration, um, precipitated then by unions, defying the British government in such a way as to make people think Britain has become ungovernable. And then here came Margaret Thatcher saying, I have an economic plan, and I can prevent the unions from destroying our economy. And that worked. Uh, but usually, as I say, the plan that government leaders have is that they should have more money in power.
0: Have Naomi Klein or any of her defenders actually
1: made this connection? No, I think it's interesting. I haven't heard anything from Naomi Klein. Um, she's farther left than Obama. And I mean, if she can accuse the Chinese Communist Party of, of being a right-wing reaction, she surely could accuse Obama of being a right-wing reaction. She did, a year ago, raise some concerns that Obama had been known to sit at the University of Chicago, and so she was afraid that he might bring Chicago boys to Washington. I think she can erase that fear. But I think what's going on with people like Klein is that they're having to adjust after eight years of luxuriating... In Bush derangement syndrome, what do they do now that they have a left liberal government? I think it's fairly clear that what Obama will end up doing will not be what Naomi Klein would have liked, but where is she? She's not commenting that I've seen on the explicit adoption of her roadmap. David Bowes is executive vice president of the Cato
0: Institute. You can read more of his work at cato.org.